0: You're listening to the Sojourner Podcast, a podcast from Sojourner Church in Concord, North Carolina. If you'd like a little bit more information about Sojourner, visit www.sojourner.church. All right, my friends, let's go ahead and dive into this week's message.
1: Just so I know that you're with me. Come on, come on, take it out. Let me see it, let me see it, let me see it. I got one person in the back, three people now. Come on, let me see it, let me see it. All right, so while I'm talking, I want all of you guys to fill this out, whether this is your first time, your second time, your 3,000th time. It can't be your 3,000th time, and I'll explain that in just a moment, uh, but uh, please just fill out all the information that you're comfortable. If you're new with us and you haven't gotten a gift, please let us give you a gift in the back. My friend Stefan will be back there, and there are a bunch of bags right there that you guys can receive a free gift, but make sure you fill this out, and we're going to receive an offering at the end of the service. And so basically you can drop this in, especially if you're new. I don't want you to feel pressure to give. So make sure that you just take this and drop it in the offering basket as it comes along. That way you have something to put in the basket. It always makes you feel a little bit better if you're new with us. Uh, One thing I said is uh, if it's your 3,000th time, and it can't be your 3,000th time, today uh, I want to celebrate real quick. This is our 52nd Sunday, like literally. So 52nd Sunday, what that usually means, uh, if you go 52 weeks, it is your... Birthday. You're a year old. So we're not celebrating our birthday this Sunday. We're actually celebrating on March 8th at 5 p.m. So please make sure that you mark your calendars. But like logistically, this is our 52nd Sunday ever as a church, meaning we are a year old. So can we just clap for that? That's a big thing. It's a big deal to celebrate one year as a church. It's incredible, and for that special occasion, I have a very special guest for us today. I want to ask my friend Mike Pittman to come up here. Uh, Mike Pittman is one of the biggest reasons why this church exists. So, can we celebrate Mike real quick? I'll tell you why. That's pity clap. Let's stop it right there. Let's give a real Sojo clap and excited claps. So let's celebrate real quick. Praise the Lord. Guys, there were Saturdays and Sundays and Mondays and Tuesdays that I didn't think this church would exist. Me and Betsy both were just like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I would call him and Mike would tell me to shut up, keep going, it's going to happen. And so I just want to thank him publicly in front of all you guys because, again, without some of his encouragement, I don't know that this church would still be here. I might have quit. And if I would have quit, then maybe some of the lives that have been changed may not have been changed. And so I'm super pumped about that. And you know what? Mike put his money where his mouth is as well. You see these curtains right here? That came out of the very first church that he planted as a church planter. You see these carts that we use to to roll things around, the tables that we use, some of the sound equipment that we use, $5,000, another $5,000 this year from their church. They have helped get this church off the ground. So can we celebrate that? That trailer uh, that says Vertical Church on the outside, you guys have seen that trailer when you come in? He planted Vertical Church. So I'm grateful for for you, man. Thank you for being here. Um, And I'm just excited for the message that you're about to pour out. Can I pray for you? All right. God, thank you for my friend. Um, Thank you for the ministry that he has. Thank you for the ministry he's gotten to me, to believe in me when I didn't even believe in myself. God, you know, sometimes we all need that person that says... You've got this. Just keep pressing on. And so thank you, Mike, for doing that for me many, many times. Uh, God, as he brings this message today, I know that he's poured over it. He's texted me 16 times at least saying, how do I say this? Or what do you want to say here? All those things. So I thank you that his heart is for our church. And so church, I want you to know that his heart is for us as a church and as individuals. So Lord, as he pours out this message I thank you for that, and Jesus, I just pray that you'll empower them, and thank you ahead of time that you will. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Now, one real quick, real quick. Thing. All of our kids are going to go back with Miss Tanya now, so if you're a kid uh, through fifth grade, you guys can be dismissed to go hang out with Miss Tanya. I think she's got a water slide back there for you guys or something like that. Not really, guys. I'm just joking. <laughs> I want to go
0: to the water slide is, is where I want to go. Hey, what's up, Sojo? How y'all doing today? Yeah? Yeah, man, I'm glad to be in the house with you guys and uh, for the opportunity to be here uh, with you today. We, uh, my wife Kina's here with me this morning. Um, 30 years this year that, that we have been married and uh, amen, yeah? Yeah, man, yeah. Um, which is, which is awesome that she would put up with me for 30 years like that. And uh, so what a blessing it is for us uh, to be able to be here. We were here one year ago today, came to the very first service that you guys had, and Corey's right, we do believe in Sojourner. We do believe in what God is doing here. Man, it, it's just exciting to be uh, in the house. How many of you that are in here this morning were here on the first Sunday, just so I could get a glimpse? Yeah, like like, like less than half the room, and that's that's what I'm talking about. Like, I want to see that, and I'm always encouraged by that. So uh, part of uh, uh, what Corey talks about, you know, in, in uh, my belief for you guys, uh, I have the privilege of leading the church planning team for North Carolina Baptist, which is uh, a part of a organization that your church is an affiliate with and, and we all work together. I think it's always funny sometimes. Uh I know people used to would come to my church, and every once in a while when I would talk about us being a Baptist church, they'd be like, like they'd come up to me after the service, I'd go, This is a Baptist church? I'd be like, yeah, why? And they're like, this ain't like any Baptist church I've ever been to, you know, because because lots of us growing. If you've been in the South for a while, you know, we're um, we don't look. This does not look like an average Baptist church. Let's just say that, Amen. In a lot of ways, I mean, in some so much. I mean, just the way that you do church is different. Um, you know, just just where you came from was different, and you know, when I look around the room, the diversity of this room is incredible. And I love that, man. And and you know that, amen? Let's celebrate that. That's what I'm talking about. So, man, I, I'm just excited again to be here with you. Uh, I am a, a church planter, Um even though I work I work for North Carolina Baptist, my, my heart, I'll always be a church planner regardless of uh, what my position is and had the privilege of founding Vertical Church back in 2011 and uh, Vertical became was one church that we started in 11 and we planted a second Vertical in 13 and we planted a third Vertical in 15 and then we've partnered with a lot of churches like we partnered with you guys through the years, had the opportunity in uh, the last Last uh, vertical will, I guess, just turn nine, and we've had the opportunity to partner with twelve churches in the last nine years, and so God has has definitely blessed. Amen, amen. So, 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 this morning here at Sojo, I know that you guys are in a series called what? What's it called? Taboo. The taboo. And and you know, you guys have been talking about things as a church um, that that people just don't like to talk about. They don't like to talk about them honestly. Like, they'll talk about them, but they don't talk about them in the honest way. I mean, you know, we've been talking about, especially in church, we've talked about sex, and we've talked about marriage, uh, you know, money, all of these things are, uh, when when you talk about them in an introspective, honest, like looking inside of yourself way, uh, it's one of those things that people just don't, they don't talk about, which is what makes them taboo and we don't like talking about the things that that these things because they're areas they're private, right? Don't don't press in on me on that because I don't really want to talk about it. And the reason is is because we want everybody else to think that we got it all together. Can I get an amen somebody, right? And I want to tell everybody, you know, I don't want you to know that that I got some things that are messed up. But can I tell you something this morning? None of us got it all together. Can I get an amen, right? I mean, we don't have to pretend, and, and I want you to hear that this morning. None of us have it all together. As a matter of fact, most of us are pretty jacked up, especially me, right? I mean, I mean, we're, we're jacked up, and it, but, but here's, here's the truth, and I want you to hear this and understand this, and you probably hear this from Pastor Corey a lot. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. We, we don't want you to hang out in the area where things are jacked up, man. We always want to be growing. We want to be improving. We want to be fixing stuff that is jacked up, right? And so, you know, what I'm jacked up in today, hopefully a year from now, I won't be jacked up in, right? I'll have other things that I'll be work, working on that I'm jacked up with, but it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. It, it's not okay that so many people are addicted to pornography. It's not okay for that to happen. It, it's, it's not okay that so many people are broken sexually because of decisions and issues that they've had through the years. It, it's, it's not okay to be that way. It, it's not okay that more than 50% of marriages end in divorce. And by the way, that includes the church. It's not okay. Hey, in the, those 50% of, of marriages that, that people are, do stay together, statistics say that 30% of them are like roommates, more like roommates than they are a, a couple. So it's not okay. And, and today, it, it's not okay that you and I live in the wealthiest nation ever in the world but most of us are living paycheck to paycheck we have no savings and for those of us that are believers it's not okay that we usually give more money to our mobile phone provider than we do to the kingdom of god I mean, it's not, there's, there's something that's, that's messed up a little bit. It, and here's why I say that. To believers, Matthew 6, 21, this is what Jesus said. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your, where's your heart? Where your treasure is. That's what Jesus said. And, and, you know, that statement in itself, when we think about that, for most people, that's a taboo statement because we don't want to talk about that and what Jesus said about that. and, and Because for most of us, our treasure is actually in our debt or in trying to help ourselves feel better by, by getting some material possessions that we want in our life. That's what makes it taboo. So today, we're going to, talk, we're going to tackle the issue of money. And I, I want you to understand something this morning. Jesus had a lot to say about money. So let's pray, and we'll jump in here. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you so much that we have the opportunity to come here as we have into this elementary school. It it teaches children during the week. But on Sunday, this place transforms into the church of the living God where we can bring the Word of God and the man of God can stand up and can teach us what it is that you have taught us in your Word. And so, God, today, as, as I gather with this wonderful church, My prayer is that I would decrease, Lord, that I would get out out of the way and that you through your Holy Spirit, that you would increase in me. God, that you would fill me with with your presence. God, that you would take control of my mouth. God, take control of my tongue. I pray that I wouldn't say what I want to say, but God, that you would speak through me today. God, please give us ears to hear what the Spirit says unto the church this morning. And God, I pray for our hearts, Lord, that they would be open. God, that we would receive, not not with worldly minds, but God, that you would let us hear what it is that you'd need us to hear concerning this subject this morning. We ask that today in Jesus' name. Everybody give me a big amen. So we're in a series called Taboo, as as we were talking about. And and talking about money is, is taboo in the church and some of y'all like if any of y'all are like like first time here this morning I know that y'all are kind of like I cannot believe that I'm coming to church today and they gonna talk about money right and I get it listen I I get it as a matter of fact I was thinking about this like like I haven't ever preached at Sojourner how come Pastor Corey gonna bring me up in this place and make me talk about money right I mean what is that about Right, but but it is and, and, But so thanks, thanks, dude. Appreciate that. You know, much love, right? No, but but for real, uh, I I told Corey this morning. I'm excited to talk to y'all about money because um, uh, because the Lord has transformed my heart. He's transformed my life, and I hope that what I'm going to teach you this morning will be will be encouraging to you. That that it will build you up. Um, as as we learn from God's word, what the Bible has to say about money, I'm not here to extort money from you, right? Or anything like that. Man, I want to teach you from the Bible what God's word says about it. And you're going to be surprised at some things that we see here to, today, because the truth is, is, is for, for many of us, when it comes to talking about money in the church, we, we really have a, a bad theology about it. Me, meaning like our, our, our thought about God and money is kind of messed up and it's it's really been shaped by the by the way that we live our life and uh, a lot of us our finances are in a really bad bad place and because of that it, it shapes the way that we think about money when it comes to God when it comes to the church. But I want you to know something. Like at the end of the service, we're, do you receive an offering at the end of the service? Yeah, you do. Like at the uh, in in most churches they do that. And what we do is at, at the end of every service we actually give an opportunity for people to to bring their their offering to the Lord. And I use that that terminology in that way on purpose. Like a lot of people say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take the offering at this point." And I just want like every time in a church that I hear that I'm like, "No, no, no, we're not gonna take the offering. Offering, we're going to give the church the the opportunity to bring the offering. Taking the offering is like I'm taking something from you. And by the way, not only am I not taking something from a church when, when we're taking the offering, but God's not taking anything from them either. The theology of this is that we bring our offering with a, a heart of gladness, like we're bringing back and giving to God a portion of, of what he has given to us. And so, you know, we I just want you to hear that as we get, as we get started here today. Now, for, for those of you that are new to church, maybe it's been a while since you've been around. You, you might have questions about about the thing like like how do people give you know or, or why do they give it and all that and and just to be honest with you like like I remember as a new believer uh, I had questions about this as well I, I didn't become a follower of Jesus till I was 27 years old I had no knowledge or, or, or concept of, of giving in the church and um And I I totally didn't know what the Bible taught about money or anything like that, giving and contributions. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about my personal experience with it later on, but, but, you know, I was thankful when, when it was explained to me, like what happens when, when people give and, and why do they give? And, and it's kind of funny. It wasn't until I became a pastor that I found out that, that sometimes people get upset when the church talks about money. Like I I totally had no concept of it. Again, didn't grow up in church. I didn't know that it was taboo to talk about money or anything like that. And so when I got into the ministry and I was in there for, uh, for a while, I found out that that Money Sunday or a money where a series or a sermon when, when you actually addressed how people give, when I found out that, that people didn't like it, I was kind of surprised by that. But but here's the thing. It, it, so through the, I'm, I'm like going, what's that about? Why do people get mad when you talk about money? Because like from the very beginning of being a follower of Jesus, like when I learned about what the Bible said about money, I, I was like, oh, well, okay, cool, I'll do that. And I'm like, why? Why do people get upset? But here's the thing: what I found out is that people don't just get upset when you talk about money. People get upset when you talk about the things that they don't want to deal with in their own life. Can I get an amen, somebody? Right? Like when you press in, like, like what I found is that 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 people get upset when you when you touch a nerve, when you hit too close to home. Like, like for example, if I were to talk to you and and I talk to you, I taught you what the Bible has to say about adultery. And I talk about adultery like most people aren't going to get mad when you give biblical teaching on what the Bible says about marriage and adultery unless you've got an issue in your marriage that you don't want me talking about and I pressed on a nerve. Can I get amen, right? Listen, the people, if I were to teach you what the Bible says about disciplining your children and what what does it really look like to discipline our children well and the way that God would have us to do it, the only people that get mad about that are people who have a different theology, a personal theology, on how they're supposed to discipline their children. And when I tell you that it's okay to spank your kids, that might not be popular in here, but when I tell you that every once in a while they need a little behind motivation, amen, right? Like the only... Only people that have an issue with that are people who just think it's barbaric to do that. But don't be surprised if I tell you that the Bible says it's okay, and matter of fact, I'm glad for a couple of the whippings I got in my life, you know? There's something to be said about having a healthy fear of your parents, amen, right? And and, you know, and and, I mean, matter of fact, we see what happens. Look at society today. You see what happens when parents don't spank their kids, I'm, I'm, but I I didn't come talk about, like, the only people who get mad when you teach about what the Bible would say about partying are people who are, you just hit on a nerve, you got a little bit too close to the way that they want to live their life. And I've found through the years that the only people who really get mad when you talk about money are people who don't want to participate in what God's doing in his kingdom with, with their own finances. It's the only time. And so that's, that's what we want to look at here today. And listen, I, I want you to hear my heart. The reason that we are talking about money this morning is because it's taboo. And, be, and, and, and the reason that, that we bring that before you today is because so many people struggle with their finances, if we don't want you to struggle in your finances, man, we want you to be free. How many of you want to be free? Amen. We want you to be free and, and less, especially in the area of your finances. As a matter of fact, I want you to know that before we even get started, that we're not just going to teach you about what the Bible teaches about money, but at the end of today's message, we're going to give you the opportunity to actually do something about it, meaning we're going to give you the opportunity to sign up to be a part of a course that's going to help you to get your finances in order, amen? Right? We're not just going to teach you, but we're going to give you an application to give you a way to do something if the Lord were to move in your heart and your life today. Now, we, we want to help you to, to experience blessing in your life. Listen, here's what I know about Sojourner. God is blessing you in so many ways. So many of you are being drawn to God. You're, you're being drawn to God. You're growing spiritually. Like, like you're you feel God pressing in on so many areas of your life. And, and I'm I want you to know that what I'm talking about today is part of that teaching. And, and I'm, we're going to see in Scripture today that your growth, this is a part of growing in your own life as well. So, the Bible has a lot to say about money. Um, Jesus talked a lot about money. As a matter of fact, you might be surprised to hear this, but Jesus talked more about money in the four Gospels than he did heaven and hell combined. Surprising to anybody, right? I mean, literally, out of the 39 parables that the Lord taught us, and parables are teaching stories where he would give us a teaching that was based on a life principle, out of the 39 parables that he taught, 11 of those parables were about money. And the thing, the thing about it, I don't think that Jesus talked so much about money because he was really that interested in money for money's sake. I think he was interested in it because just like today, people looked to money as an end instead of a means to an end people they, they had a wrong theology of money and Jesus talked to it you know they saw it as an answer instead of, instead of seeing it as a resource they saw it as an answer to life's problems instead of a, being a resource that can work through you in your life. So this morning, we're going to look in our Bibles at Malachi 3. So if you have your Bibles, if you have a physical copy of God's Word, you could turn there. Uh, most of you are going to go, boop, 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 boop. You're going to like bring up bring up Malachi 3. But for those of you that have your, your Bibles, uh, actually, if you went to the beginning of the New Testament, the book of Matthew, and went to the left just a couple of pages, you'll find Malachi chapter 3. While you're turning there, let me let me set up the context of the passage that we're going to look at today. Because taken out of context, you might miss what I believe that God is trying to say to the church here today. And man, I don't want you to miss this. Um, I, I believe he he's saying this to all of us here today. Now, for those of you that are here this morning and you're not yet Christians... What I'm about to say is super important for you here. Like, if you don't consider yourself a Christian, maybe you're pre-Christian or, or maybe you used to go to church or something like that, the, the truth is, I want you to hear me. Look at me and, and hear me today. I'm not really even talking to you here today. Not, like, like the, the passage of Scripture that I'm going to look at here today really concerns believers. And, and, it, and it really talks about how, how God utilizes these resources in their life. And matter of fact, I, I want you to hear something that Pastor Corey might not like me it, but I'm just going to bring it to you because we're going to be real and transparent up in here. I want you to hear all of God's word here this morning. If you're not yet a believer, there is no spiritual expectation for you to give to this church or any church. Okay, so I am letting you off the hook here this morning. Like, what I'm saying is that if you're not yet a believer, you giving in the offering, even though it's appreciated, y'all, I, I need you to understand there is no spiritual benefit from, a, from somebody who's not a believer giving to the, to the local church. Like, what I mean is, like, in heaven, if you give to the church and you're not yet a believer, God doesn't go... It doesn't, like, come up on his screen. It goes, boop, boop. Okay, they gave, like, like, $25. Put it in the good account. Like, like, when we get to heaven, God's not looking at that. that. That is not how the gospel works. There is no spiritual blessing for the unbeliever in giving. So, I, I want you to hear this. This is What I'm talking about today is mainly to believers. But for those of you that aren't believers, I, here's what I, I pray. I pray that you would lean in to what I'm going to teach this morning, because I don't believe that it's just helpful to believers. I believe it, it could be helpful to everybody in the house. And I want you to listen in on a conversation that I have with people who, who they have given their hearts and their lives to the Lord. And I want you to hear how, how all of this plays out. And you might just get a different picture of why we give and and what we give. So, so with that, you know, don't, don't tune me out, man. Listen, listen to what we say, even if it's not particularly applying to you. So God gives this word to Malachi, um, and when he does, he's not he, he is he's speaking to religious people. So in today's context, he'd be talking to the church. And there, the overall theme of the book of Malachi is though these people were religious, their faith was quite dead right they in other words they went through the motions they they would like they didn't have the church because the church had not been evaluated or had not been established yet but they these were people who would come to temple or they would come to a synagogue they would come and they would participate they would they would attend they would they would worship they would sing they would listen they would pray the prayers they would listen to the teachings and yes they would even give but, but what we see in here is they were going through the motions and their heart wasn't in it. Like, like you could do something and give something or participate in something and your heart not be in it. Amen, right? right? I mean, you could, you could do that and that's where they were. And so when we get to Malachi 3, chapter 3, God's telling his people that their hearts are not in the right place when it comes to the way and the amount that they're giving. And this morning, I want to show you how we can engage our heart in giving. And in doing so, here's here's what I want you to see. What happens is is God will open our lives to the blessing that he wants to pour out on us. So so Malachi chapter 3, beginning in verse 6, here's what God tells us. He says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers... You have turned aside from my statutes. Stop right there. So he's saying you aren't living in the way that I have instructed you. Right? He's he's not. He's talking about their whole life, and I want you to hear today that I'm talking about your whole life here as well. You know, he and, and so he says, you know, from the days of your fathers, like going all the way back. You've turned aside from the things that I've taught you, and he he says, and you have not kept them. And now look at what he says. Listen, he says, return to me. Everybody say, return to me. And I will return to you. Everybody say that. Says the Lord of hosts. Return return to me. If you return to me, I will return to you. The Lord says. He says, But 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 you say, God goes into one of these things where, you know the people who'll be talking to you and, and they'll 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 be talking to you about something, then they'll ask a question, then they'll answer it. Like God starts doing this back and forth response with himself. He says, But you say How shall we return? And some of you might even be thinking that same thought. You know, listen to where God starts. The question is, how do we come back to you, God? Because God doesn't start with their money. God says, listen, here's where we're at. He says, man, if you return to me, I'll return to you. You have turned aside from what I've called you. And it impacts every part of your life, right? This isn't just about coming to church. This is every part of who you are. Man, mind, body, and spirit. How do we come back to you, God? Verse 8. God says, will a a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, well, how have we robbed you? Matter of fact, some of you, like if God were saying, you're robbing me, you'd be like, what do you mean, God? How am I robbing you? And he says, in your tithes, and your contributions. Now, let me tell you what, what it totally means according to the Scripture A tithe is a tenth. Everybody say, a tithe is a tenth. So we see this in Numbers 18, Genesis 14. It it literally means means a tenth of everything, and and they weren't just talking about money. They were talking about crops, or they were talking about uh, f- uh, grain for bread, or grapes for wine. They're talking about animals, like like everything that they had. And, and it wasn't just even wasn't even just in the things that they bring. It's also in the bringing of themselves, right? It's it's every part of of who you are. And so he's talking about this. Literally, I like to think of it like this. He's talking about the first fruits. everybody say first fruits. First fruits. Psalms 24:1 says everything belongs to the Lord. Everything belongs to the Lord. What belongs to the Lord? Everything belongs to the Lord, right? And so, so that's what it says is it goes in. So, to these people what, what God is telling them is they were taking advantage they, they would give but they wouldn't give their best like like if they were if they owed god two lambs they'd bring two lambs but they wouldn't bring the two best lambs most of the time you know theologians say that you know writings kind of make us think and from what we see what god says in the word of god they would bring the scrawniest lambs they wouldn't bring their best offering. So, so they bring the offering. They would even bring the right amount. But was their heart in it if they're bringing the scrawniest? Is, is their heart in it, right? Are, are they giving, well, let me ask you like this. Are they giving God their best? No. And that's a mind thing. Think about that, right? That would apply to everything in your life. Let me ask you a question, but don't answer. I just want you to chew on this for the rest of this message. In your life, and I mean all of your life, your, your home, your family, your marriage, your job, your spiritual life, and your church life, are you giving God your best? God, matter of fact, you want to get personal about this? God, am I giving you my best? These people were not. And chances are we aren't either. And so as a result, God says in verse 9, you are cursed with a curse because you're robbing me. The whole nation of you. All of you, right? That's what he's saying. Like the whole crowd. Like you're all robbing me. So, so he's telling him. That they're cursed because they hold back their tithe, their contributions. I just taught you that a tithe is 10%. Now, I, I want us to think through this because we're, we're building a, a case here. Let's, let's, let's take a quick survey. It, it says, put it, put it up there on the screen. How much of your paycheck belongs to God? I was going to trick you, right? So, Pastor Corey got in quick, right? How, be honest. How many of you like when I said you know how much of your paycheck belongs to God? Be honest. How many of you thought well, ten percent, right? Because that's what we said, right? Yeah. Thank you for your honesty. Like, I bet there was more of you than that, right? Because it was kind of a trick question. But but the truth is, is that all of it, and, and it's like this: God is the owner. We are the managers, right? God is the owner. We're the managers. We're the manager of all that belongs to him. Who in here manages a company for somebody? You man, you're a manager. Somebody in here. You, okay, so those of you that are managers. So, so you you manage the company. Do you own the company, or does the the own, or does the company have an owner? Company has an owner, right? And so now, so so you manage it for the owner. Now, if you're a good manager, you manage the company as if it's your own, right? Because that's what a good company, a good manager does. They treat the company like it's their own and they do that. But, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you treat it like it's your own. At the end of the day, it's, it's not yours, no matter how much you put into it, right? He's, the owner is still the owner, 100% of it. Not 10% of it, not 50 like the owner's the owner. And you're the manager. It's the same way with 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 us and with our money, and and that's what God is saying about His money. Verse ten, He says, "So bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in our house." Now I want you to hear what I'm saying here. So God says, "Listen, everything that He gives to you belongs to Him, and what He's asking you to bring to Him is ten percent." Let me let me remind you, I'm talking to believers here this morning. God's saying, "Listen." you bring me the 10 and you live on the 90. And you do that. And and you bring that to him, even though it all belongs to him. I think that's a pretty good deal. Like it all belongs to him. And you're going to, but you're going to return 10% back to him, right? And and that's what we're looking at there. And he says, I I want you to, I want you to, to bring the full tithe in the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And I want to make this point much of what they brought was food. They they dealt in they dealt with food. They bartered food. You give me eggs, I give you milk. And that was the life that they live in. You know, uh, they, they weren't just giving money, they gave of what they had. They would bring grain and they would take the grain and they would make bread from the grain in the house of the Lord. The the men of God that lived there, that was how they actually made their living from the tithes of the offerings. God would take care of them through the tithes and the offering. Of the family when they brought that in, but but I want you to see something else when we're bringing of ourselves when we bring it in. He, he's not just asking us to, to bring of our possessions. He's asking us to bring of ourselves. It's all of us. It's all of you. You are worth more than just that. Like, he wants these people to be a part of the work that was there. I like to think about it like this, time, talent, and treasure. Everybody say time, talent, treasure. Your time, when, when, when I'm giving him my time, what I'm doing is I'm giving I, I'm giving a portion of my life back to him and saying, God, how can you utilize me in in your kingdom for the work that you have to do? So God, I am giving my time back to you. For some of you, you gave of your time this morning to make this happen. How many of you realize that everything that you saw walking in here this morning didn't just appear when, when they got here this morning, like it was set up for, right? People came in and they gave their time right they gave their time to make this happen they give their time to to serve and in the community they give of their time to be a part of the the small group ministry they they give of their time next door over in sojo kids they give of their time to participate with the ongoing ministry of the school here like everything that we there's so many areas that god says will you give me more he's not he he wants more of you He wants you. not just interested in your stuff. He's interested in you. So we bring our time, we bring our talents to him. I mean, what are you good at? When I ask that, I mean, like, like for real, what what are you really good at in this world? Because whatever it is that you tend to excel in, there's a really great possibility that God can use that in some form or fashion in his church. The question is, Is w- would you give that back to him? I remember early in my church planning, that we had this really talented businessman, and he was really good at, at management, and he he was an owner. He wasn't a manager, but he was a great manager, a great great leader of people and all this stuff, and Man, we wanted him to press in on that side of our church because we, we needed that. And he was like, man, I do that all week. All I want to do is I just want to come and set up pipe and drape on Sunday mornings. And that's literally all the dude would do. You know, it's like going, man, I'm glad that he came and set up pipe and drape, but he could have done the other stuff and set up pipe and drape. You know what I mean? And he could have really been a blessing to our church. I, I think of other people. I, I remember one time uh, early in my ministry, not my church plant, but the first church I served, there was a, a lady, and she made the comment. She was a school teacher, she was about to retire. She had done it for years and years and years, and, and she was really talented with children. And she said, Well, I don't, I don't want to teach kids at church. I do that all week long. And I get that, but, but she, had a, she, had a, she had an ability, right? She had an ability to, to do something beyond what she does vocationally and to take that vocational blessing and to give it back to the Lord. By the way, the reason I bring her up is not because she, she wouldn't teach kids. It's because she really didn't do anything in the church. She didn't want to teach kids, but she didn't want to do anything else either, right? She just wanted to come and So, so the thing is, is, am I giving myself back to the Lord? Time, talents, our treasure, that's what God says. In verse 10, he's looking at the people and he's 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 challenging them in verse 10. He says, Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may f- be food for my house, and thereby put me to the test. Watch this. Says the Lord of hosts: if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. How many of you think that sounds good, right? We're all about that part, right? Like, I, like, God, pour out a blessing. Look at the person next to you and say, God, go ahead and pour out a blessing for me, right? I mean, we want that, right? We're good for the blessing. But, but you, when you look at it, you know, I want you to notice he says, test me in this. And I'll pour out a blessing until there's no more need. How many of you would consider it an incredible blessing just to have all of your, your needs met well and, and to not be stressed by the financial obligations of stuff? Anybody? You, I mean, just to have your needs met, right? I, like, like it, it, I, I want you to see that. He, he doesn't say, if you test me in this, I'll make you rich. That's not what the passage is saying. I see that junk on TV all the time, and it drives me crazy. I hate it, Right? Because, it, I mean, for some of you, the reason that, that you can't stand to hear the church talk about money is because of stuff you've seen people say on TV, where people lie and say, if you'll, if you'll give this, God's going to do this for you. Y'all, that is not what I'm saying, right? That's not it. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll tell you like this. I believe that's a lie straight out of hell. God promises to meet all your needs, not all of your greeds, right? I mean, I, I hear me and hear me well, right? He doesn't say he's going to, he, he'll meet your needs. And for those of us that have trusted God for years and years and years, we could give you a great big amen, and we could give you like testimony for hours about the way that God met our needs. He's usually not early. Can I get an amen, right? He ain't early, but he's always right on time. And I've experienced time after time. After time, how how God does that. So so when when we test God in this, like when we when we when we trust Him with our finances, and we do that, this is what He says He'll do. Watch this, verse eleven. I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soul, and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear. Says the Lord of hosts. What He's saying is because of their actions, if they'll trust him in this, the people, he's going to fix it. The people have a financial curse on their lives, like literally a financial curse on their lives. And what God is saying is he will reverse the curse, right? He said, if you'll do this, if you will trust me in this, I, I can I can turn this around. I'll give you a modern-day example of what I'm talking about here. Is there any one of you in here that would say you can relate to this thought? you ever feel like as hard as you try financially, it seems like there is a hole in the bottom of your bank account that you just keep on running out of money? No matter how, how hard you try, try to do things the right way, it just feels like there's a hole in the bottom and your money's just drained out. Anybody? Somebody? Yeah, right? All over the place. And you look at that, God's saying if we'll trust him with our finances, he'll stop up the leaks. That's bold words there. But I've experienced it personally. I bet this room is filled with people that know exactly what I'm saying. Again, he'll meet all of our needs not all of our greeds. Sometimes we got to get our stuff in order, right, in order for this to work. And that's what he's telling them. But but first we have to trust him. And he says in verse 12, if we do this, he says, then, everybody say then. In other words, after this, all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Is he saying that that all the nations will call them blessed because of their stuff. No. They'll call them blessed because God is evidently with them. Like, like he wants, that's what he wants. He, he wants people to see in you that he is blessing your life. Like all of your life. He he wants them to see, he wants them to see it in, in your time. He wants them to see it in your actions, your countenance, like, what's up with you? Like, you seem to be more peaceful than you used to be. What is it that's going on in your heart? I mean, there's something that's different about you. He wants them to see that. He wants you to be able to give testimony about the way that he's changing and revolutionizing your life. Like, in every single part of your life, and eventually, he also wants them to understand through your testimony, your countenance, your peace, that he has revolutionized your finances. That he is at the core, at the center. Of your finances, I'm going to tell you that no marriage, no Christian marriage, is complete without Jesus at the very center of that relationship. And in the very same way, no Christian relationship is complete without Jesus being at the center of their finances. Like in the same way that Jesus has to be at the center of your marriage, He has to be at the center of our finances. And y'all, let's let's just admit that that's super hard, right? That's hard. It's just not the way we've been trained to think. It's just a different, like, like it's, a, it's a whole different level of living this thing out for him. Now, I have a huge, huge, huge point that, that I have to tell you because I don't want you to miss the main point. Some people, when they read or even teach Malachi chapter 3, the bottom line that people get from this is, you better give to God, or else your, your finances are going to be you know cursed and, and everything. And you know, all those th- everything that I have taught you so far, like it's, it's there. But I don't want you to miss the, the main point of what God is saying here. It, it's not that. Matter of fact, my, my wife is a third grade teacher, and um, one of the hardest things about teaching children reading tell me if I'm wrong, is helping them to to be able to figure out what the main point of the passage is, right? If they'll figure out the main point of the passage, that we could help them, we could give them some other things that we put in here that will help them to really do well in, in bringing out what it is that's coming from the story, right? There's a main point of this passage as well when we look at this. The main point of the passage is not that some people are cursed because they're robbing God by giving their, not giving their, their tithe and contributions. It's certainly in there, but I don't believe it's the main point. I believe the main point is found back where we started in verse 7. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes. In other words, you aren't living how he instructed and have not kept them. Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Return to him, and he will return to you. I say it like this me returning to God means me returning to God what's his. And it's all of you. It's your it's your time, your talent, and your treasure. It's like, like, returning to God begins with me returning to God, but, 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 you know, when I return to God, I begin to see that He's interested in, in every part of who I am. Like, on the day that my life was, like, absolutely revolutionized, it was, it was June the 6th, 1997, and on that day, that wasn't the day that I was saved, but that was the day when like, like all of this, like just, just, I don't know, it just, just changed me in such a powerful way. Had an experience with God on that day. And, and on that day, when I re- recognized the holiness of who He is and and, and when, I, when I realized that day, not only was he holy, but, but this holy, righteous God who, who, who controls everything in the world, that he passionately was in love with me. He loved me like so much that he sent his son, not just a son, his only begotten son, down into this world to to die, to live a perfect life, to die a perfect death, to be resurrected. Everything that happened on that cross was for me. He would have done it for me, even if it was only me. And that's how much he loved me. And it was on that day as I realized that and I recognized that, that he had a uh, a plan for my life. And y'all, I recognized on that day that I I wanted to give everything to him. And I remember on that day I got down on my knees and I said, God, I give it all to you. Lord, Lord I'm sorry. I've been trying to live my life the way that you would have me to live it. It, You know, I thought that I had a plan for my life, but, but God, I recognize now you have a plan for my life. So, God, I give you my life. You already have my heart. But God, I'm giving you my life. I give you my life. I give you my my family. I give you my job. I give you my resources. I give you my talents, God. I, I give you give you my money. Lord, use me. Use me. Lord, do what only you could do in my heart, my life, and. That day when I got up off my knees, like, I was, I was changed. I was different. Like, it, it was so life-changing. I, 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 like, was going, did I just get saved? I mean, like, like I was already saved, but it was that powerful. And I called my wife. I said, I don't know what's happened to me, but just something has changed. I know what's ha- what happened to me. I figured out what happened to me. What ended up happening was I surrendered to God. And when I really surrendered to God, God just came into my life. He rushed into my life. He just took, he just took control of every part of it. And, and it's, I said, God, what do you want to fix? Listen, on that day, he freed me from my addictions. On that day, he freed me from my plans. That day, he filled me with his love. He made me see people in a different way. And I believe it was on that day that he began speaking to my heart about ministry. I didn't hear it clearly that day. But on that day, I saw thousands of men surrendering their lives to God. And as I saw it, I just knew that what I was seeing is I saw thousands of men streaming out of the stands of the University of Tennessee football stadium. As as I saw these men flooding onto that football field, I didn't know why, but I knew that something about what I was seeing It involved the rest of my life. And um, listen, returning to God means me returning to God what's his. and, And you belong to him. You belong. He wants all of you. You think I'm here to talk to you about your money. I'm here to talk to you about your life. Amen? Like, like. Yeah, y'all can patty cake that all you want, but listen, at the end of the day, I need you to hear what I'm saying. Like, like, I didn't come here just to talk to you about your money. God is not interested in your money if He doesn't have your life. Thank you for the one on the front row. But it's true. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, I was telling those of you that aren't believers, like, like, there is no spiritual benefit to you giving to the church if you haven't given your heart, your life to Jesus, right? It's great to do it. Good people do stuff like that, right? But good isn't what gets us into heaven. God is what gets us into heaven. Grace is what gets us into heaven. Jesus is what gets us into heaven, right? It's only him. It's only by the cross. I'll just praise myself right up in here, right? Amen. Hey, listen. I just want you to understand that that what he wants to do is something beyond what what you could do on on your own, and, and I, I just want you to remember that that every week here at Sojourner we have people who are turning to God. They're taking next steps. They're taking steps towards Jesus. They're receiving Jesus and being baptized. You know, they're starting to serve on a Sojo team. They're 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 they are uh, getting involved in small groups. Some of them are working with kids, and most of these people have no knowledge about anything about what God wants to do through their finances. We don't receive an offering here so that so that everybody can pitch in on the work here. That's how I saw it when I was growing up in, in church. Uh, I didn't go to church a lot, but when we did, I was always fascinated by the offering time. Um, in the church I grew up in, like they had these baskets, these offering baskets, and they were on the end of these long poles. And they would walk down the aisles when they would they would it was the church was narrow enough that they could do like this and send the pole down and they could do that and they'd slowly bring it back for you to get it is really cool like that right it's so like i was always fascinated by the offering time when they and after they gave the offer they would walk it up to the front and the uh, uh, the priest would pray over it and then they would go and they would go into this little side room and i would watch these guys every week i'd watch them take the money and go to the side room and one day i don't know i was just thinking about it and, and all this i, I I said to my dad. I said, "Dad, what what do they do with the money when they go back there into that room?" And he said, "That's he said, I'm glad you asked, son." He said, he said what they do is they have to figure out what part of it is God's and what part of it is theirs. And I said, I said, "Well, how do they do that?" They, he said, "Well, they take all they take all the money out of the basket and they throw it up. And everything that sticks to the ce- ceiling belongs to God and the rest of it belongs to them." And I <laughs> You, he, you know he was kidding with me, right? I mean, he, But I was like, so me, I'm like a seven, eight-year-old child. I'm sitting here imagining money sticking to the ceiling up in there, right, and all of this. But, but, it, but, but I, I tell you that because it's kind of true. Like to an outsider who's, who views what we do here and, and when we bring, right, not, not take our offering, but when the church brings their offering to the Lord, a lot of times it makes people go, yeah, but what do they do with that money when they get it? And, and I want you to know that, that when you give to, you participate in God's work here in Cabarrus County through Sojo, right? You're, you're impacting kids' lives like what is happening right now on the other side of these walls in Sojo Kids where kids are learning about God and they're learning that Jesus loves them and they're getting it right now, Amen. That's what happens when you give, right? Like, like when you give, like like there's so many things. Because you give, we're able to bless this school here that we meet in, right? And they, they've received more than the blessing of the finance, you know, of us like paying to meet here. But you guys have blessed this school in different ways over the last year that you've been here. And I know that this school is blessed because Sojourner makes this place their home. Listen, because you guys give, we were able, just like you guys were planted by my church, because you give, your church was able to plant Multiply Community Church over in Monroe. Y'all remember Pastor Quintel Hill and and that church over there. Man, they're doing great over there in Monroe. And that happened that you were able to partner with them because you guys give. Because you give in the same way you partner with Multiply, you're going to pastor with Pastor Dan in Grace CLT, Grace Charlotte, this year. And, and man, we're, going to, we're excited about that, right? Not only that, but when you, when you partner with Sojo to give, you partner with the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina. And here's why that's important. When, when you do that, there's this cool thing called the cooperative program. And what it is, where when you give to this, we we together are part of fueling the largest Protestant missionary organization in the world. Over four thousand missionaries that are taking the gospels to the to the ends of the earth, and the reason that they're able to do that, it all comes through the cooperative program giving that you guys partner with us in here at Sojourner, and and you know it's just awesome. I I, I need you to know that when you give, you're not just impacting this church. You are impacting the world. Can we give God a head clap of praise for that? I mean, that's what happens. Man, I mean, it's, it's, it's just not, it's not just about us. It's, it's not just about Soja. It's about you and God. It's about what God is doing in your life. And I, I tell my church this all the time. I want you to hear. The reason that we talk to you about things like this is because we don't just want something from you. We want something for you. For those of you that are believers, we don't just want something from you. We want something for you. And if we didn't think that it was important that you understand that God wants all of you, your time, your talent, your treasure, man, we we would just go on and talk about things that you want us to talk about. We just teach messages that are, you know, just make you happy and you leave and you go, wow, i sure I'm glad. But I've just noticed through the years that a lot of people, they just don't know what happens when we give. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says this. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth and your first fruits and all of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. And some of you are like, that's what I'm talking about, right? (laughs) My vats bursting with wine, yes, right? And, you know, but, but there's a deeper truth to this. The verse doesn't begin, your barns will be filled with plenty, your vats will be filled with wine. It's honor the Lord with your what? And with the what? First fruits of all your produce. First. It's the principle of first. It's the principle of, of, you know, like, and most of us don't think this way. Like when you get paid, we don't give to God from what's left over. When you give to God, we give Him first. Most don't do that. But that's what He would have right? And when you're budgeting your time in your life, don't give them the leftovers. The reason that people struggle to serve a church, Corey, is because we don't give them our first fruits. We give them the leftovers, right? The reason that talented people don't give their talents back to the Lord isn't because they don't have talent, It's because they don't give from it first and they're giving them the leftovers. I'm telling you, the the principle is because you don't give first, you don't have anything left to give. But I think the principle that we see in what God is saying, trust me in this, is that if you'll give first, you'll see that he blesses your time. If you'll say, you know what, God, I'm going to give you this time in my life first, and you'll put it on the priorities instead of putting, listen, watch this, instead of putting your kids first, parents, what if you put God on the schedule first? Now I'm meddling right now because there's hardly anybody in here that would say, I put God before my kids, right? I would say God's marriage kids is, is the right order, right? That's hard. You have to wrestle through that. I think it's right. But the reason that we don't have anything to give is because we give them from the leftovers and we gave it all away first. We're not giving them the opportunity to multiply. When you give them first, you give them the opportunity to multiply. I'll give you a real real quick example in my own personal life. I remember one day I was in a super huge rush, and I have to remember this all the time. I was in a super huge rush. I was about to run out the door to go to work and do the stuff, and, and all of a sudden it just kind of hit me, man, you need to spend some, some time with God. I said, God, I just don't have time to spend with the Lord, and I just felt deeply impressed by the Lord. You know, give this time to me. In other words, I wasn't practicing that day what I'm preaching, right? But I stopped. I stopped and I said, okay. I opened up that Bible. I spent a beautiful time with the Lord that I didn't have time to spend, right? And I did it. So I, so I got to work late. I literally, I could do that. It wasn't like I was like disobeying my, my boss or anything. I got to work a little bit late and I would work later because I got to work. But I got to work late and when I got to work late, I said, okay, Let's, let's get on the to-do list. And I started doing all the stuff and everything that I had to do. You know, the things that were going to keep me from doing what I, what I needed to do with God in the first place. I started doing all the stuff. And, man, next thing you know, I had done everything I was supposed to do that day, which I thought would be impossible as it was. I got everything finished, and I looked, I looked at the clock at what time it was. Like, I got into work. It was like 9.30 when I got into work. I looked at the clock. It was like 11.15. And I was like, What? Like, I shouldn't have been able to do all that stuff, like, all day long. Like, I had knocked out the whole to-do list by 11.15, and then I realized the principle I was reminded. I gave God first, and God multiplied my time, right? It, y'all, it made no sense, but I've seen him do it in my time. I've seen him do it in my talents, and hear me. I've seen him do it in my treasure. And we give it to God, and we allow him to do what only he can do. You know, and and at the end of the day, man, giving to God first increases our trust. Me returning to God means me returning to God what's his. I know that there are some people here who are hurting today financially, and I get that, and uh, because... God wants us to trust Him with our finances. I believe that the church has a responsibility to help you get to a place where you can give to God. That You know, it, if that's the problem, like a lot of times we're like going, here's what we're supposed to do, and people are like, man, but, but I can't. Like, I literally can't do that. I would love to, but I can't do it, which is why this Tuesday, you guys are going to have the opportunity to be a part of a of a uh, interest meeting for a program that's called Financial Peace University, and a uh, Financial Peace University. Anybody ever heard? Dave Ramsey on the radio. You, a lot of you probably have. Dave Ramsey teaches Financial Peace University, and um, we're we're going to partner with Financial Peace University and have an interest meeting to see who's interested in doing that Tuesday, 6:30 at, at Cabarrus Baptist Association. Um, it's going to be led by Todd Mosley, and Todd's going to help you guys to get your finances in order. And I'm telling you, this stuff works, but you have to you have to give it the the ability to, to have a have a a opportunity to get into your life and it works if you give it and like if here's the question I would ask you I know somebody's like yeah I would love to do that but I just don't have the time man and I'd say you know so what's your plan to fix your finances what's your plan like like you don't have to you don't have to use our plan right but what's your plan what are you going to do to fix your money And most of you, if you knew how to fix your money, you probably would already fix your money. Can I get amen, right? Like, if you knew how to get this stuff together and, you know, they're going to teach you how to, oh gosh, teach you how to use a budget and nobody likes that word. Like, nobody wants a budget, right? But what you'll find is that, that most of you have enough to do what you need to do if you just knew how to spend it right. You knew how to allocate it in the right ways. And that's what we want to do. We want to help you to do that. Dave Ramsey is going to help us get our finances back in order and show us how you can begin to get back to where you need to be with your money. I think that it's great that you guys are going to do that. And so, man, I I, I hope that you'll take a part take part in FPU. So, I, I don't know about you, just closing. I don't know about you, but but I want to be a giver. Like, I, I continuously want to be a giver in my life, not just a giver in church. I want to be a giver in every part of my life, right? I want to give myself to people. I want to be able to give to people. I want to be a generous follower of Jesus. Wouldn't it be awesome to be in a place financially that, that that you're able to, to say, you know, here I am, God, just use me however you want to use me. I mean, wouldn't it be awesome if if a young person said, I want to go on a mission trip. Uh, could you help me? You say, I sure can help you. How much is it going to be? Oh, okay, let me just write you a check and just like be able to do that, right? I mean, wouldn't that be awesome to be able to do that? You ever see somebody who's in need and you wish you could help them, but financially, you're just not in a place to be able to do that? and this is what we want to do. We want to help you to be able to get in a place where you can do what God wants to do. Young people are going to go to camp. You'll be like, man, I want to sponsor 10, right? Because my finance, I got my finances in the right place. When pastor needs a vacation, you say, here you go, pastor, I'm going to send you to Sandals in Jamaica. Come on, somebody, right? I mean, like, you, you could just, right, you could just do that because God has worked in your money, and it... it Seriously, though, wouldn't it be awesome to just be able to bless people like that? I think we all would love to be able to be in a place where we could do that. And and here's the thing. I, I want you to hear this. I'm not asking you. I'm not putting it out here like, like, like we're just talking about some dream world. It's not what this is about. This could be a reality, I believe, for every single person in this place doesn't have to be a dream. That kind of living is not just reserved for people with great wealth. It comes to people who realize that they are rich. We live in the richest economy in the world. There probably isn't a person in here, hardly, who anyplace else in the world, you would be considered Wealthy. I know it may be in your situation that doesn't seem possible, but just look at the statistics. This is true. And it happens to people when they get their priorities and their finances in order. And I'm telling you, it all begins as we saw with saying to God, as he says, return to me and I will return to you. Money has been taboo in the church for too long, but it shouldn't be. Because the issue isn't money, the issue's our heart. The issue's our heart. Me returning to God means me returning to God what's his. Let's, um, let's begin to pray. And I, w- I, w- I want to just ask you this question. in, in you know, Just pertaining to everything we've talked about here this, mor- this morning, I want you to ask God this question. God, what do I need to surrender to you? God, what do I need to surrender to you? For those of you that are in here that are believers, for some of you, you might might see that when I was talking about time, talent, and treasure, you might see that there's a time issue in your life where you're not giving to God the first fruits of your time. You're giving him the leftover, which causes there to be nothing left over at the end. Maybe there's somebody in here this morning that you would say, God, I I just need to surrender the first fruits of my time back to you. God, God, I'm going to put you back on my schedule. I'm going to put you in my my daily schedule. I want to put you back in my weekly schedule. For others of you, you you have a talent that God could use. You know, it's unfortunate that in the church that when we see the, the word or hear the word talent, we think of music and we think of speaking. There are so many talents amassed in this room. And God made you who you are for his glory. To utilize everything about who you are to bring glory to him. There's some of you that need to say to God this morning, If you feel so led by the Holy Spirit, you need to say, God, I surrender my talent back to you, God. Use me. Use me however you need to use me. For others of you here this morning, there's some of you here this morning, treasure, time, talent, treasure. Some of you say, Lord, I have not been given to you from the first fruits. I've been giving from the leftovers if I've been giving at all. And for some of you, you just might need to say, God, I I recognize that I've been wrong. And, Lord, I'm just surrendering my finances back to you. Like, you you probably need to be a part of FPU this Tuesday. And that gives you a, a beautiful first step that you could take that can help you to get this most necessary issue, back in line with where God would have you to be. For others of you, there's, there's still one more. For those of you who have never established a relationship with Jesus, I ask you, wh- what do you need to surrender to God this morning? I want you to know that the Lord of hosts says, return to me and I will return to you. You know what's so cool about that? The the cool thing about that is is the fact that you don't have to go anywhere. that, That Jesus tells us in Revelation 3.20, he says this. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat. to God right now in this moment and I need you to know that Jesus he's He's the one that gives us everything like everything in your life it all comes to him as I showed you a few minutes ago he lived a perfect life he, he died a perfect death he had a perfect resurrection he's seated at the right hand of the father and he is here right now he's knocking on the door of your heart he wants to come in Holy Spirit I just pray that right now in this place in this moment that you would show people your love that you would show them your power god that you would draw us in and that we would say yes to you maybe there's someone here this morning that you just you're just ready to get things right with god you've you've been running and, and you just You know, you're just not really sure where you stand with them. But there's a reason that you came here this morning. Maybe you came and when I started talking about money, you thought, oh my gosh, I came to church today. And they're talking about money. Why am I here? You're here because you needed to hear this. God says to you this morning, return to me and I will return to you. Behold standing at the door of your heart. I'm knocking. Will you open your heart and let me. That's you. Would you just ask him right now? Say, God, today I, I come to you. I surrender myself, Lord, every part of who I am. I surrender my heart, surrender my life, my family, my relationships, Lord, my, my vocation, Lord. Lord, every part of who I am. Lord, I surrender it to you. Jesus, I want to follow you. And so I'm turning from who I was, turning from my past. Lord, I turn to you. I want to follow you beginning right now for the rest of my life. Come into my heart, into my life. Fill me with your spirit and show me how to live for you right now for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I ask this. Father, I thank you for the way that you've moved in this place this morning. Lord, be with us as we as we worship you to close out our service. Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen.